Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the scouts of the tribe of Dan as we pick up in Judges chapter 18, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And so they sent out six men to sort of look out over the whole country to see if there isn't another place that they might move that the tribe of Dan might inhabit in order that they could have more territory for farming and all because that area that they had taken just wasn't sufficient for their needs. And so these men started north and they came to Ephraim to the house of Micah and they stayed there. And when they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, the Levite. And so they turned in, they said unto him, What brought you here? And how much are you making in this place? And what are you doing? And he said unto them, Well, I came to Micah and he needed a priest, so he hired me and he gives me ten shekels of silver a year and a new suit, all my food. And I'm his priest. And they said, well, ask counsel of God for us that we might know whether we're going to be prosperous in our search. And so the priest said unto them, go in peace before the Lord is your way wherein you go. In other words, go in peace. God is going before you, and he's going to, he's going to prosper you in your way. So the five men departed, and they came to Laish. And they saw the people that were there, how they dwelt carelessly after the manner of the Sidonians. They were quiet and they were secure, and there was no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame for anything. And they were far from the Sidonians and had no business with any man. So they found this city of people, they're Laish, and the people were just uh, really living very carelessly. They didn't have business or, or trade with anybody else. They were a long way from Sidon. Actually, they were clear over the Lebanese mountain range from Sidon. And they were isolated, and and really, they looked to be an easy prey. Now, they dwelt in a beautiful section of land. Right past the city, there flowed the Jordan River. And it was near the headwaters of Jordan, so there was no water pollution, the water was clear, it's great, and there's good farming territory around there, and it's just a beautiful valley, fertile valley. And they said, wow, look at this, you know. Be nice to live up here. So they came back to their tribe, and they described the place that they had found. Its beauty and its advantages. Oh, there's plenty of water, good area to live and all, and it's beautiful. And it really is. It's one of the most beautiful places in Israel. And so they sent back an army of 600 men in order to take this city. And so when they came back to the Mount of Ephraim, they came back again to this priest. And these fellows went in and they said, hey, fellow, look, we need a priest, our tribe. 
wouldn't it be better for you to be the priest over a whole tribe than a priest in just one family? It would give you a better salary. So the young man went with them, but he ripped off the little idols and all that were there and took them with him. And so when Micah came home, he found that the idols had been ripped off, the priest was gone, and so some of his neighbors gathered together and they were having a big conflict. They said, well, they went that direction, so Micah went chasing after them. And these guys are 600 tough guys heading off for war. And Micah came up and said, hey, what's the big idea ripping me off, taking away my priest and taking away my silver idols and so forth? And, and he was really laying it on them. And they said, hey, man, you looking for trouble? You might as well, you better go home. There's no sense getting hurt. And so he looked around and saw all these guys with their swords and everything else. So he decided to go home. Wisdom, the better part of valor. And so they went up with this young man and they came to Laish and they captured it. They destroyed the inhabitants and the tribe of Dan, a good portion of them, moved on up and inhabited the upper part of this Hula Valley where the headwaters of the Jordan River come out from Mount Hermon. And thus that became the territory of the tribe of Dan, and the city was called Dan, and the river itself was then named Jordan, or out of Dan, because there is the headwaters of the Jordan River, and it comes out of Dan, and so the river became named Jordan, out of Dan. So that is just one of the little uh, stories that is told here. And the second story that gives us an insight to the confusion that existed both civil and religious during this particular time has to do with the story of a, a man who was a Levite. Now again in chapter 19 it says it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel. Now no king in Israel. You see, Israel was intended by God to be a theocracy. God wanted to be the king. He wanted the people to submit to his rule, to his reign. But the declaration there was no king in Israel meant that the people were not submitting to God. Thus there was confusion. Everybody was doing what he felt was right, and there was great confusion. These things that are told here are not told in a sense of condoning what's happening. In fact, they're told in the other sense of condemning what they're doing, but just showing the confusion that existed during this particular period of the history of the children of Israel. And the whole purpose is just to relay, actually, the confusion that exists during this period of time. So it came to pass there was no king. There was a certain Levite who also was living in Mount Ephraim, and he took him a concubine from Bethlehem, Judah. Now, this is wrong, that a priest should have a concubine. Not his wife, just a concubine. This is following, really, the pagan practices of the people that were around him, and even the priest. 
Now his concubine left him, went out and was a prostitute, returned to her father who was living in Bethlehem. And so after a few months he was missing her and so he decided to go back and talk her into coming back with him. They had a live-in relationship, living together without marriage. Some of the people today think they are so modern, so chick, you know. We're just living together. As, as though that were, you know, cheek, all right? Have it your way. C-H-I-C. Hey, this has been going on for a long time. You're old-fashioned. Nothing modern about that. Sin's been around <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> so he went back, he went down to Bethlehem where she had gone back to her dad to talk her into moving back in with him again. And her dad took a liking for the guy and he was good in his sales pitch and she decided to go back with him. But the dad said, oh, you know, stick around and, you know, let's just drink and we'll have a good time. And so they drank and got evening and, and the guy said, well, I better be, oh, no, you can't go tonight. Stay until tomorrow, you know, and you can get a start off tomorrow. So they, he stayed to the next day and, and so they got up and they started to celebrate again and, and they kept drinking through the day and came evening and said, well, I better be going. Ah, oh, you can't go. It's getting dark. You know, you might as well wait until tomorrow and, and leave tomorrow. So he spent the night again and, you know, it's the same old thing. And in the afternoon, he said, hey, I've got to be going. Oh, no, no, spend the night and tomorrow get up real early and get a good start. He said, no, hey, I, I, I've got to go. So he saddled up the two donkeys. He took his servant and the concubine and they started back towards Ephraim. From Bethlehem. It was getting evening as they came to Jebus, which was later to be Jerusalem, about five miles from Bethlehem. And the servant said, we better turn into Jebus here and spend the night. And he said, no, I don't want to spend the night in a city that doesn't belong to the Israelites. Let's go on. And so they came to Ramallah, or Ramah, which is the sort of a northern suburbs of Jerusalem. And somehow that didn't appeal to them, so they went a little further to a city of the Benjamites, the city of Gibeah. And he said to his servant, Come, let us draw near, and we'll spend the night here. And as the sun went down, they were by Gibeah that belongs to Benjamin, and they turned in to lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat down in the street, for there was no man that took him into his house for lodging. Now, in those days, they didn't have motels, hotels kind of things, and, and people were just gracious, and they would just take you into their home. If you were a traveler coming along, hospitality was the thing, and they'd say, hey, you know, come and spend the night with us. And so no one invited him to spend the night, and an old man was coming in from the fields. He had been working rather late. And he also was from Mount Ephraim area, which meant that he was of the tribe of Ephraim, not a Benjamite. 
And he saw this fellow in the street and he said, hey, what are you doing here in the street? You can't spend the night in the street. And he said, well, no one's invited me home. He said, well, come on home to my house. He said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Ephraim. I, I've been journeying from Bethlehem and going back to Ephraim. Oh, I'm from Ephraim too. Where are you from? You know, Do you know so-and-so? Yeah, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so he invited him home to spend the night with him. And as it got dark, the men of Gibeah came to the door and they began to pound on the door and they said, send the man out that we saw coming into your house that we might know him. So now we find that very thing for which God judged Sodom and destroyed it is happening even among his own people there in the tribe of Benjamin. The very same thing that happened when the angels came into the house of Lot in Sodom and the men of the city circled the house and said, send them out that we might know them or that we might have sexual relations with them or homosexual relations with them. And here we see the moral depravity that has taken place even among God's people, the Benjamites. And so it's giving you an insight into the moral decay of Israel during the period of the judges. And again, an insight into the, the whole cultural scene. The old man said, hey, this man's my guest. I've got a daughter who is a virgin and here's his concubine. We'll send them out and you do with them whatever you want. But don't, you know, touch my guest. Women, be thankful for Jesus Christ. What he has done for women's rights. What Jesus has done for the women is absolutely glorious. You take the cultures of the world where the Christian influence is not strong and look at the place of the woman in those cultures even today. It is Jesus Christ who elevated the woman from something of a chattel, a slave, something to be pawned off by the man's will and elevated her into an equal in the sight of God. For in Christ Jesus there is neither male nor female. There's no superior sex or anything else. There is just a beautiful equality in Jesus Christ and Jesus elevated the woman from this place of the pagan cultures where she was put down and subjugated and treated like dirt. And Jesus lifted the womanhood and gave respect and dignity to women, which the men weren't willing to grant in their pagan cultures. Go today to Israel and look at the place of the Bedouin women and be thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for you. Lifting, bringing respect and glory and honor and equality unto the women. But it had, he had not yet come. They were following still the cultures of the people around them. 
Here's a man willing to give his daughter, his virgin daughter, to a lustful crowd. Don't touch my guest that has come. And so they sent the concubine out. And all night long the men raped her, one after another, until in the morning she crawled back to the steps of the house. And there she died. In the morning, when the priest came out, he said, Get up, let's get going. What ails you? There was no answer. And he touched her and found she was dead. So he put her on the donkey, took her back to Ephraim to his house, and there he butchered her body cutting it into 12 pieces and sending a piece of her body to all of the tribes. Now it had what he hoped it would have. It had a shock effect upon the tribes. They were horrified to get a part of a torso, a leg, an arm, a head. And they gathered together and this man told them the evil that was done by the Benjamites, by those from the tribe of Benjamin, the city of Gibeah. He told them the horrible evil that had befallen him while he was there. And the people of Israel were incensed against the Ephraimite, I mean against the Benjamites. And so they decided to go against them in battle. And they gathered an army of 400,000 plus. And they inquired of the Lord and they said, Who shall go up first? And the Lord said, The tribe of Judah. So the tribe of Judah went up against Gibeah, but the men of Benjamin were tough. They had 700 fellows who could throw a, a stone with a sling and never miss from 100 yards. They could, they could come within a hair's breadth of their target at 100 yards with a sling. 700 of them, skillful, tough. The tribe of Judah went up against Gibeah. The men of the Benjamites came out. Of course, the Benjamites, when they said, they gave them first an old men, they said, turn over these lewd fellows who have done this thing. We're going to kill them. And the Benjamites would not turn them over. They, they said, you come and get them. And so uh, they were, were more or less challenged for the fight. And so the men of Judah, Israel, were defeated by the men of Benjamin, who killed 22,000 that day in the battle. So the men of Israel came and they encouraged themselves. They set in battle again as they did the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening. And they asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall we go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. Now the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And the men of Benjamin came forth against them out of Gibeah the second day, destroyed down to the ground 18,000 men. 
And again they retreated, and now they fasted and prayed and cried unto the Lord. Now, I must confess at this point, I have confusion. Why would God send them into a battle, say go into battle in which they're going to get defeated? I don't know, and that confuses me. But the first two days when they went in, they got whipped, and though God had said go, even said the tribe that was to go first. I don't understand that. You say, oh, well, you know, that's horrible. You don't understand. Well, perhaps so. But I don't know everything. And God said, my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. My ways are beyond your finding out. Even as a woman this morning asked me after the service, she said, why would God choose Samson if in his foreknowledge he knew he was going to fail? That's a good question. I don't know. However, as I say, there are a lot of things I don't know about God. And I'm sort of glad I don't know. Because that causes me to respect God. I know He's smarter than I am. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Judges 18 through 20 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you. May the Lord cause you to abound in every good work for Jesus Christ. And may the Lord grant to you new dimensions of relationship with Him that you might become more keenly aware of His presence with you and His power to help you. May God bless you. May you have just a fruitful, blessed week walking with Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question. You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call the Word for Today at 800 272 